afternoon, evening, night, whatever it is where you're listening. <laughs> this is Not So Giant Women with Ivy and Daria. We are quite excited to be diving into this very special milestone. The mid-season finale begins with Mirror Gem. I would love to hear your thoughts on that title, Daria. <laughs> mirror Gem? Oh. Mirror Gem. I don't know if it's a metaphorical mirroring, so we're looking at some kind of opposite to our gems, or if it's a gem that's somehow used as or part of a literal mirror, an actual reflective object. Mm. And whoops, what's intriguing sound on? We're going to find out. <laughs> you have to go and watch and come back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Are the crystal gems will always save the day? You're grounded. Oh, wow. This is a moment, listeners. We have just upped the gem population by 33 and a third percent. (laughs) Oh, and went sideways real fast, didn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's see if I can cover this one. Oh, boy. Stephen is chatting to Connie on the phone, who reveals she'll be able to come hang out with him more often now that it's summer vacation. He's like, what's summer vacation? And she explains to him it's when school is no longer in session. He, as we've brushed on earlier in this show, doesn't go to school, so doesn't have any concept <laughs> of it, in fact, being out or what it is at all. Connie explains it's the place where you learn, where there are blackboards and various other things. And Stephen thinks this sounds amazing. This really points to some of the gaps in Stephen's education, i.e. pretty much everything. (laughs) And he decides to make himself a school out of the various things in the beach house, which do include a blackboard and anatomical model. I'm not sure why that's around, but when Pearl discovers him doing this, when she learns it's about making a school and that's for teaching, well, she is ever so excited (laughs) and being eager for Stephen to learn and to teach him, she produces from her gem, from her pearl, not a usual pearlogram, but a mirror, a hand mirror with a gem in the back of it. She says this has viewed so much of gem history and it can show them anything it has viewed in all of that time. Pearl tries to get it to show us the galaxy warp, it does not, no matter how t- many times she asks, probably reminding many viewers of a stubborn Google Home or Siri. Uh, nonetheless, Stephen is taken with the mirror as the very concept of a mirror. Pearl decides that for the moment, without her prop, she can't do any teaching. I'm surprised she doesn't just want to do it off her own bat, but so be it. So she says that she can't teach the moment, and Stephen says, so school would be out for summer? And now he's overjoyed that after five minutes of school, he's on summer vacation and runs down into Beach City along the boardwalk, where at first he learns when he talks to the mirror, it can mirror exactly what he did back at him. And after a few run-ins with the donut duo and Mayor Dewey's elect Mayor Dewey van, discovers it can repeat back what it's heard in pertinent situations, responding to him, but only responding with fragments of things he's said or it's seen in front of it. This, at first, whilst way in afternoon, making fart noises at Mayor Dewey's speech. <laughs> but even once that's finished, Stephen is quite thrilled, and the mayor tells him it can be his new beach friend, his new beach summer holiday friend, which is something he was inspired by from Sadie and less so Lars, who is just looking for the out-of-town babes, which he assures us will be hanging off his arm any minute now. <laughs> he tells the mirror he's going to take it back to the gems, and the mirror repeats his big no from earlier. Stephen doesn't understand and tries to reassure the mirror that the gems are a great audience. It keeps screaming no, but nonetheless, Stephen returns home to the gems, where he says the mirror is like a person, and they all look very, very alarmed at this. Initially, the mirror refuses to respond in front of the gems, but when Stephen takes it aside, it tries telling him it is just for you, Stephen. But the gems nonetheless see this and are no, no less freaked out. They want to take the mirror from Stephen, assuring him it will be safe. Amethyst wants to bubble it between the mirror screaming and Stephen freaking out and knocking off Garnet's 
glasses, which reveal three very angry eyes staring at him. Apparently, this is something of a line. We know he's done it before, but then she was in the zone gaming. This time she is not, and she is not happy, and even less happy when he rushes out the door, taking the mirror with him. Takes the mirror further down the beach near the ocean, and... While he is talking to the mirror, it shows him images of him pulling the gem off the back of the mirror, holding it aloft. And while he follows these instructions and does this, the water gathers in a lattice around him, the water from the ocean, that is. And eventually the, we see water and light and a lot of blueness. And we meet a fourth crystal gem person or fourth all crystal gem person who's not half 10-year-old boy. And this being introduces himself as Lapis Lazuli. Lazuli? There's so many pronunciations of that word and I've forgotten which one they used already. But Lapis, obviously again, named after another Earth gem, actual real world rock. Thanks, Stephen, for getting her out of the mirror. And at this point, the other three gems, our crystal gems, arrive in the same place, weapons at the ready. And Lapis is not happy with them. They say that the three knew that they were strapped in the mirror all this time and did nothing about it. Battles the three with the water. They can use the ocean to make shapes like giant hands and jets of water and things and slams down on our three, telling Stephen that those three won't let them leave. Stephen doesn't want to leave because he like many of us, does not know what's going on right now. (laughs) Lapis parts the waters to leave in a very Moses style. Unlike in that story, Stephen does not follow Lapis. And Lapis is like, so be it, leaves Stephen with the gems. The water returns to normal. Lapis is gone and Stephen, per garnet, is grounded. (laughs) So big moments. Lapis... How do they say it in the show? My brain keeps going to the other pronunciation. Lapis Lazuli. Lazuli, that's it. It's, mm-hmm. I'm used to hearing it Lazuline. It keeps trying to take over. Mm-hmm. I've also heard Lazuli. I've heard jewelers call it that. So there are a few different ways to say it, I think. Yeah, but I figured when it's their name, I should go with what they say. Yep, that's what I do too. <laughs> but yeah, this, this, this is a lot, this episode. So yeah. there was another sapient gem person all along we had never received explicit confirmation if there were any of them except our three or four depending on how you count Stephen mm-hmm. and they were just in on the back of the mirror stuck there with just the gem mm-hmm. with a big old crack in it yeah so I noticed that so is this is this a wounded wounded state that kept them dormant in the mirror and mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some connection to the water or, and or the ocean. So I guess that, well, obviously, that helped in the revival. We saw the patterns. So maybe that does something for the crackness as well, if water's your, your thing. Mm. Uh, obviously, quite powerful. I mean, even oh, though yeah. our three were caught unaware and Lapis had the advantage of surprise, dealt with the other three pretty easily before okay. taking off to wherever. And... Our three, well, they were had. Well, Lapis had the moment of surprise in the attack. They were not entirely surprised that this was going on. It looked more like something they were fearing could happen from their reactions. Those faces, those very well animated faces, were not mm. a person. What really? What's all that about? They were. Right. Oh crap! It's a person. Why are you saying that? Why is it a person, Stephen? Stephen, get away from it. Don't be, don't have it be a person on you. Right, like it had some kind of meaning, like, oh, if it's doing that, that means this, and that's very disturbing. It's dangerous now. It's not a toy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing a lot of what we're wondering will be answered in episode 26, uh, the, the specifics of how one becomes attached to a, a mirror, how much the three knew, but obviously they knew something. This isn't the case of someone just accidentally dropping a mirror with a gem on the back amongst their possessions. <laughs> and huh. while we've only seen them for a few minutes, Lapis seems quite righteously pissed with them. Yeah. You know, well, I guess the, the big takeaway seemed to be that, okay, there are other gems, but definitely kind of the, 
attached realization there is that some of them might not like our gems very much. Yeah, and it's it seems that Lapis was aware, conscious mm-hmm. this this whole time being stuck to the mirror. This isn't someone who just warped in or arrived by whatever other means. They were right. there the whole the whole time, and there's a word for it, but which I can't remember, of course. But <laughs> looked like the gem solution for this on a moral level was just kind of hoping they never woke up. Mm-hmm. It seemed at least like Pearl. Well, both of them were like, "Okay, it's a tool. It can't want anything." And Pearl, Pearl was like, "Oh, this is this can show you this," and um, just treating it like it's a some kind of machine, but when they figured out it was trying to talk to them, to, to Stephen, it's like, it seemed like that's definitely not the kind of thing Pearl would have given him to play with and just run around with if she had known there was somebody in there. It seemed like that surprised her. Yeah, I guess, so, I guess whatever I they thought was going on, <clears throat> any chance of personhood was at least a remote possibility because, well, excuse me, <coughs> We've seen enough in the past what happens if you give Stephen any kind of artifact. So Pearl must have been confident and or pretty negligent if there was any chance of it doing this. But I guess there was a chance. Mm. Even even Amethyst was like, holy crap, you guys, when Mm -hmm. Stephen said it was like a person. So this is obviously Amethyst turned serious level serious. Right. She's she's saying hard to do something. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely a tear we've seen when something becomes serious for Amethyst not to laugh about it or blow it off. And oh, you're right. Mirrors being people is apparently one of them. Mm-hmm. It's also very interesting that Lapis left and said, don't trust them. Yes. So how these four, these three and this one relate to each other, are, yeah. were they on opposite sides in the big conflict is there other particular reasons for lapis to hate our three other than the whole mirror thing which granted (laughs) it's not small grounds on itself right is she saying don't don't trust them because i'd rather you trusted me and i'm counter to them or is there something in particular they think that the three are sitting on it's very interesting introduction where at first Lapis is grateful and then she says are you really a crystal gem and he says yes and she goes but you set me free like that doesn't make sense why would you let me out if you're a crystal gem so she sees them as I guess as her enemies but we don't know why it's just kind of starting to suggest that something has happened Mm. and she thinks he should know yeah so is is she like a criminal or prisoner or something to other crystal gems of Assuming, I, I don't know if crystal, she's using crystal gem as only a word for the others or if she's just using it. Yeah. Or if she, Lapis, in fact, counts as a crystal gem herself and is just, for obvious reasons, not including herself in the description of people who keep her prisoner. Mm-hmm. I think they'll make that a little clearer as they talk more about it as the show goes on. But at this point, she's just kind of acting like Stephen already must know what that means. Like if he's identifying yes, he's answering yes to this question, then it doesn't make sense that he would let her out. So that's why he makes this adorable confusion sound. It was, it's a really good voice acting there. <laughs> he's really confused. And the only gems he's ever known are the people who helped raise him. So it's almost like she's calling into question whether they are legit or should they be trusted. And, you know, I've seen plenty of media where the good guys turn out to be the bad guys. But when I first saw this, I had this reaction like, well, what could they have done that maybe we shouldn't trust? Maybe we shouldn't trust them or maybe Steven shouldn't trust them. Like I still trust them, but I'm not sure what the other side of the story is yet because I've only seen theirs. I don't know what they want. I don't know what their mission is. Yeah. Is this this sort of something objectively awful or is it as we said before, is it just Lapis like not liking them because they stuck her in a mirror or left her in a mirror? We don't actually know if they they stuck her in there. Right. I think the way, I, I don't know if I remember the exact phrase Pearl said, but when she pulled the mirror out, I think she said, we found this mirror at the galaxy warp. Hmm. So either she's not telling Steven something she does know, or she just found it somewhere. Yeah, or she legitimately did just find it and 
mm. possibly didn't connect that the gem on the back was like a gem or at least right. thought maybe saw the crack and thought oh that's so sad but this one's done with oh so if she thought that then this to her could be the equivalent of someone basically coming back from the dead which would be understandably yeah. freaky you know what i think i thought at the time because i was thinking about broken gems and stuff and i remember Frybo where she had the gem shards and i was thinking maybe they use those for things and they're you know, maybe this is, she thought that's what this was, but it turned out it was a whole person in there. It wasn't just a piece. And so that's kind of what I was thinking at the time that, okay, maybe she just was using this like a tool the way she was playing around with these gem shards. And, you know, we just saw the episode before this, we saw what, what that crack, having a crack gem is not a death sentence if you have healing tears or healing spit as the case may be. So... I'm not sure. I think maybe Stephen spitting when he talks helps. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure why why Pearl would look at that and not think, hey, maybe that's a person if it was a possibility that it was a person, but she just really treated it like it was just an artifact. Yeah, and I'm not sure, but it very much mm. seemed to me that her frustration when it wasn't responding when she was just mm. a mirror was very much like when people's smart home devices and things don't do what they say even when you ask them clearly. Yeah. So I think that was just a bit of fun for the viewers, but also to put us in the mindset of what she thinks this thing is supposed to be. Right. <laughs> mm. And Lapis recognized Stephen as a gem immediately. He didn't have his own gem gem out. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's some gems can recognize gems other than on plain old side thing going on. You know, I'm trying to think if I remember anybody saying anything in front of the mirror. And it's, I, I think Pearl said a few things while talking right to the mirror. Oh, where you're she right there. So she could have just listened in on that. That's true. Right. So I'm not sure because there are, he looks like a human and, and other humans think he looks like a human, but it's really hard to tell with cartoons whether, you know, a gem would be able to recognize him. Mm. <laughs> like, it seems like they would see him as a squishy boy. <laughs> but I didn't, squishy organic boy. <laughs> I wondered if there was some kind of like gem sense that I wondered that too. Weren't, weren't privy to. And again, yeah, I, they're not clear about it. Yeah. It's one of those questions we don't really have any precedent for this time because we've only seen three other gems and we've known, plus Stephen, and we've known who they are pretty much the entire time. So there's been no reason for them to have to recognize each other other than right. already knowing who they are. Right, who's a gem and who is not. We, there's very limited <laughs> inventory of gems to choose from at this point. And then we have a new one. Hmm. So, like, you know, any any thoughts on, on the on new character with the cool powers and the blue outfit and the blue skin? <laughs> I have, I mean, I'm wondering a lot about her. I mean, not, I mean obviously, again, one means or another, this shows that our three were not, as previously speculated, the last of their kind. So whether she's bopping off back to Gemzania or somewhere and to be with lots of other gems, or if this indicates they are scattered, because as you and the listeners will know, this is something I've been nutting out for quite some time. We haven't quite, we haven't quite had landed, but yeah, uh, her immediate raw power level, at least in terms of water, is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she's like when she's not near a body of water or if she's restricted to oceans because of some poetic thing about gems in the sea. But, mm -hmm. well, given most of what we see happens in a place called Beach City, yeah. I think that's going to make her pretty formidable as long as we're sticking close to home. Mm. Because that water hand just smacked the three away like they were nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very nicely animated water hand with like the ripples of water yeah. looking like musculature when it was stretching out in that oh, shot. I love that. And yeah. Garnet sort of pressing up slightly into the water hand because ultimately it is water while she was trapped under it. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting that that's the barometer, I guess, for this is a really scary opponent if it can hold Garnet down. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Garnet certainly seems to have the edge when it comes to raw brute strengths, mm -hmm. unless there's a water hand involved. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. She did end up being able to punch it away, but it took her a minute. (laughs) So character design wise, I thought it was really interesting that she had this sort of Lapis has this innocence kind of thing going on, this very, like, the bare feet, the willowy body, the anime girl hair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, she's, except she's blue, so. Very much sort of the innocent waif until the other yeah. two turn up and she gets, well, righteously pissed again. Yeah, and then she's yelling. <laughs> that was a very interesting way to, you know, because especially in cartoons, usually the way someone looks will be telling you something about them and either it's going to help describe them or it's going to be in spite of something. So so could she be a willowy innocent in regards other than those immediately connected to our gems and mirror imprisonment? Without the water powers, she doesn't look like she'd be much in a fight. No, I don't know if the water powers are also her version of a gem weapon or if she can also pull one from her gem gem. She has Mm -hmm. some other weapon like the spear and the whole hands and the whip. Yeah. But if she's going to stick around and cause trouble, I imagine we'll find out sooner or later. Sooner or later. Maybe pretty soon. (laughs) On less ground-shaking notes, I thought it was pretty clever. They built up to the mirror slash lapis communicating with fragments of what she'd heard as a mirror mode. Mm -hmm. So obviously for whatever reason, be it choice or not, she sort of was blank of vocabulary until Stephen came, Stephen came along and started showing her things and saying things until eventually building up entire sentences. And I thought that was, I thought that was clever rather than just sort of giving it some, oh, it has a rapport with Stephen because it does thing. Yeah, that was really cool. I remember reading that they they had to very carefully craft the speech to make sure that everything she needed to say was said somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember, I remember at least one of them, I should think, oh, isn't it handy that that happened? <laughs> hmm. I guess so. Stephen screaming no as he's about to be run over certainly got a lot of mileage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I guess Mayor Dewey still needs re-electing. don't know how long an election goes for in Beach City, but... I don't know, maybe he just wants to make sure people never forget to re-elect him. Yeah. I liked with Mayor Dewey when, you know, he's about to run Stephen over because he's a jerk who is driving on the boardwalk. Mm. And that kind of gives you, him being so callous about go get run over somewhere else, kind of gives you, you don't have to feel sorry for him when Stephen sort of retaliates by peppering his entire speech with fart sounds. (laughs) So, I mean, normally I'd say, like, Stephen, be nice. Stop interrupting the mayor's speech with your fart noises. But, you know, he almost got run over. He has a right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just calls him car wash kid. Car wash kid. I know. You're right. <laughs> car wash kid. <laughs> so it, even though he knows that he's Greg Universe's son, he just can't even be bothered to even just call him universe she's car wash kid this is this is how other people are filed away in mayor dewey's brain when he doesn't immediately need them yeah Mm -hmm. about some other stuff it's not about lapis i uh i love him talking to stephen talking to connie at the beginning and getting so excited about school (laughs) he doesn't go to school (laughs) and he, he acts like he doesn't even know what it is like how this how you say school it's like, yeah, come on, Stephen, watch TV. Yeah, Stephen, you're watching TV and movies all the time. No one mentions school in any of them. I'm sure they do. But come Stephen's on. retention is variable, so. <laughs> Why do I never ask follow-up questions? It's interesting that Connie does not say, dude, you don't go to school? Like, she just explains, it's a place you go to learn. Like, she's probably already gotten used to Stephen just having very big holes in his knowledge of being a human child. Yeah, I guess also this suggests that the gems haven't been actively educating him much at all, which probably explains a lot about him at this point. I've heard a couple of the crew folks claim that he gets homeschooling, but I'm going to guess he doesn't process it as schooling. At least it isn't very structured. Uh, So... Hmm. Well, Pearl also seemed to regard, oh, you want me to teach you as kind of a yeah. new and exciting thing. 
Oh, she was so enthusiastic. I wanted her to be a teacher. I want to see her as a teacher all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pearl was pure Pearl in that sequence. <laughs> I know. She only wanted to teach him about gem stuff, though. <laughs> probably figures human civilization's only been here a few thousand years. Why do you want to learn that? Yeah. Maybe that is what she's thinking. We did get to see Connie's house really briefly when she was on her end of the phone call, so that was neat. Yeah, from Connie's description of her parents so far, when she said she has tennis practice, I was like, oh, of course you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Seems like she's one of those overscheduled children. Yeah. At least at this point, she seems to be thriving, though, and those tennis lessons helped her hit a robot floaty thing with a sword, so. Yeah, true, true. Good sticking... to hear she's still keeping them up. <laughs> yeah, don't know if her parents have dreams of her being some kind of tennis pro or something. If I know the type, it's kind of like you sign your kid up for one athletic thing and one music thing and some kind of study program. You know, you schedule them for all these things and make sure that they're, they have the complete pedigree. <laughs> that sounds familiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that she mentioned tennis practice too because usually in cartoons, especially with the secondary characters, they'll if she mentions tennis practice in the same episode where she's going to use her tennis skills and then you never see her mentioned again. But here she is still going to tennis practice. So it's nice to see. In, in proper tennis whites and everything. Yeah. I play tennis. <laughs> yeah. I used to have tennis practice as a child and we didn't do we didn't do full whites. No? <laughs> no. It was very much just wear whatever. Yeah. I have some tennis clothes. My grandfather played. He was great. He played into his 80s. And I could not beat that man. I mean, he was the only way I could occasionally get a point on him is if I could had to make him run because he didn't run so well in his later years. But, you know, he placed the ball so well that I couldn't I couldn't hit it back. And I'm like, I'm all confident. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to beat an old man. But I couldn't return his I couldn't return his serves. It was ridiculous. We said 80 years practice. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, he ended up having to give it up because of the, I think his elbow or something and he was falling down sometimes he played doubles, but you know, I sure hope that's hereditary. <laughs> that would still be playing when I'm 80, but I haven't played in a few years. So I, I venture to say I probably would not be able to fit into my clothes right now. <laughs> hmm. So hmm have to unearth them and run around the court a little bit. Let's see. Speaking of Pearl and her teaching too, she suddenly pulled out this obsession with symmetry in this episode. I mean, it's established, but suddenly she wanted to make this pile symmetrical. You know, I laughed a little bit when Amethyst was pushing her buttons, putting stuff on her pile, but I cringe a little bit when it's like, let's, let's make a joke out of her being obsessive compulsive. But at the same time, you know, they've known each other for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's one with... It's less making a joke of her obsession compulsion as making a joke of Amethyst being the sort of person who just messes around with her co-gem no matter what. Mm -hmm. The whole pile of stuff she had destroyed. (laughs) Stephen's little teddy bear. He says, MC Bear Bear! (laughs) (laughs) Which he gets over because he has the shiny mirror to tell him about. Yes. Anyway, I fixed the mirror! (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, that was that was a pretty creepy scene too. He, you, you know, I think the audience mostly is starting to realize that mirror is kind of acting creepily long before he does. Yeah, well, I think if nothing else, most of the audience are going, mirrors don't do that. Right, right. But especially when it just starts saying, like laughing at the, laughing over and over again with this and layering its laugh. laughter and all the rest and. Uh, oh yeah. So just Lapis has an effects better. studio in there with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had fun this episode with that. A lot of sound stuff. <laughs> yeah, that would, have been, that would have been fun to do from a sound-making point of view. Mm, I think so. And after I noticed, okay, so when, when Garnet was coming over trying to reason with Steven, give me the mirror, it's, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a person, it's a tool. But then he, when he hits her, and her glasses fly off, and you know the entire audience is reacting the same, like, "Oh, he hit Garnet!" And then Amethyst just like, "Oh!" <laughs> and then she gives him that look. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's hit her like that before, but that's when she was in like a 
game zombified trance, whereas mm. this was actually lashing out and... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't trying to smack her glasses off. He was trying to get her hand away from the mirror. But you know, I, I've actually heard a lot of people argue that they, they wish that that had been the reveal that Garnet's three eyes. But I absolutely disagree with that because I feel like then it just would have been a distraction. It would have been like, instead of the sort of terror of that moment, Garnet's mad at him. You would have been distracted by the novelty of like, oh, that's what's behind her glasses. I, I'm glad we already knew. Yeah, I can see where they're coming from, though, but I think I agree with you. And it does show that, as well as the hit itself, when when the glasses come off, then it's really serious business time. Mm -hmm. And she looked intensely angry in a way that she generally doesn't, glasses or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She was really aggressive after she realized she needed to do something. You know, she was, she was, we've never seen her mad at Stephen before like that. Yeah, she possibly could have done better with how she approached Stephen in the first place. Oh, to, I think so. To de-escalate, but mm-hmm. she didn't, and this is not necessarily her forte. Yeah, she must have just been processing, like, this is such a serious, important thing. I have to do something about it right now, but hmm. she just ended up scaring him, and he ran away. I was surprised it took him that long to find him. There's <laughs> not really all that many places on the beach to to hide. Yeah, and... Maybe they had to stop for a little of what the hell are we going to do about this conversation? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Tell Amethyst to put the cheeseburger down. And <laughs> I like I liked that Lapis and Steven seemed to have a genuine connection before she kind of revealed herself to be an antagonist to the group that he belongs to. Like there's something going on there that... She feels a loyalty to him, but not the others. And so she seems to be kind of confused that he considers himself part of them. So yeah. I like I like that they had a moment, though. So you really kind of believe that there's a possibility that there's some kind of opportunity for them to figure this out. Yeah, and she invited him to come to come with her. You know, she didn't just go, oh, thanks for letting me out. See ya. Boop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she said she was going to go home. And he has no idea clearly what her home is, so... Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has little concept of a gem home, probably other than, well, the beach house nearby. Yeah. And clearly she's not going there. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to keep his beach summer fun, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I try to ask you a, a probing question on this note? Please. <laughs> it's not really fair because you've had like a couple of moments with this new character, but I'm going to ask you a question about her. So like, Let's say she came out of the mirror, she didn't have any quarrel with them, and she was just going to be another new gem in the mix. Like, say, Steven, and Steven's like, let's invite her to live back at the house. Like, what do you think that would have done kind of to the dynamic of the family? Like, any thoughts on how each of the others would react to having a new member in their household? It would certainly take some settling and... A new sibling. <laughs> yeah, and we, we know little little about her, so we don't know if she enjoys being clean like amethyst or calm like garnet sorry clean like pearl calm like garnet or carnal like amethyst (laughs) so we don't know if she's any of those she might end up pairing off and Mm -hmm. maybe she and that particular gem would maybe enable and encourage each other to Uh the point of sort of tilting the whole thing right Uh, i when sometimes sometimes new kids slots right Right in, just to compare to other shows on, on Red Dwarf, when Crichton joins, it's you, after about two minutes, forget he was ever not there for two seasons. Yeah. Oh, I love Red Dwarf. <laughs> oh, very much me too. So, <laughs> I love Crichton. <laughs> yeah. oh, singing to the choir, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so could slot right in or if, Another thing is, of course, regardless of her personality, the gems have been on Earth for some time and certainly been in the immediate locale for as long as Stephen's been alive. They at least have some grasp of how Earth and humanity works, whereas Mm -hmm. depending on how long Lapis has been gemmed into a mirror, she might have far less idea. She might come from a mindset where she's used to everyone still being at war and 
might not know that the nearby settlement is just people selling donuts and having fun parks <laughs> and getting reelected and and farting through speeches. Farting through speeches. <laughs> so she might not realise that they don't need corralling or conquering or rallying into an army. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah while, while a lot of it depends on what her personality quirks are, there are a lot of ways it could go if there wasn't that quarrel and Stephen just said, hey, come back up here, we'll, we'll turn the five-pointed star on the door into a six-pointed one to get you a room. Mm-hmm. Give her her own broom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, leaving out the personality of, you know, whoever the new character is, like I could definitely see each of those gems going either way too like i mean really steven all i can see him doing is wanting to help a new person integrate and befriend them and you know give them cake but you know garnet i could mostly see just being indifferent to almost anyone Mm -hmm. just kind of be in there but i i could see i could see amethyst being all like here's here's a buddy for me or being angry that that somebody else is is there just depending on how she's feeling that day or whatever the dynamic was. Mm-hmm. And the Pearl, I imagine, would want to like lay down laws and <laughs> like either be excited to teach somebody new how things work or be angry that they're not doing things right. <laughs> I, well, I bet Stephen would want to teach her about how human civilization works. But as we've seen, even Stephen his idea of that, despite being human or half-human, his view on that is a little bit Stephen to start with. Uh, Might just need some Connie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Get get Connie to help sort her out. Yeah. Yeah. Then they could have a school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of it. We don't know how long, how long Lapis has been in the mirror, which there's all sorts of things been going on that she may or may not know about at all. Right. Right, and what level of consciousness did she have? I mean, was she just being obstinate when she wouldn't answer Pearl, or was she dormant for some reason? How long, you know, has she been dormant? Is it like getting bubbled, or has she been basically awake? Was And Pearl expected the mirror to do the show-me-this-show-me-that scenario, so mm-hmm. one assumes the gem, and therefore Lapis was attached to it when at some point and was doing that so mm-hmm. back then was she in control of herself was she going along to get along thinking maybe if she acted as gem siri for long enough that something would come <laughs> up and let her out <laughs> yeah i guess she was living in pearl's head yeah that's true too that it was stashed in pearl's gem space <laughs> what's it like in there yeah. <laughs> Gems uh. in gems, literally. <laughs> oh, creepy. Mm. Oh. And we didn't have any songs, but we had some pretty cool background music. Yeah, very much drove the mood, which yeah. well, there was a lot of mood to drive this week. Mm-hmm. The whiplash yeah. to look at, from look at Stephen's mirror to what mm. the hell. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned before that characters get an instrument to kind of indicate their personality. And with Lapis seems to be the, some kind of synth bells, it sounds like. This kind of creepy. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> creepy. Doo, 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 doo. So that's one of them. There's, a, there's one that's a, just a mirror gem background thing. There's one called Let Me Out, and there's one called I Am Lapis Lazuli, which I guess is the one that's going on while she's yelling that. <laughs> She is Lapis Lazuli, and you can't keep her here trapped anymore. And synth bells are just different enough from the other signature inf- instruments to stand out, which mm-hmm. at this point she definitely does. Mm-hmm. I think it goes very well. Like it, it does have sort of a. I don't know. I don't know if it ha- if I would associate it with water if I hadn't seen it with her throwing water around, but it seems like a sort of watery kind of sound and plus this sort of creepy, almost like the kind of thing that you play in the background, like a music box when something's supposed to be innocent and creepy in a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. That was the vibe I got from that. (laughs) So, but no, no singing. 
I mean, unless you count Stephen making noises while he was clearly doing the moonwalk. Well, there's your bonus track. There we go. Yeah. It's not on any uh, official albums, but I'll take it. <laughs> but I don't know if I can forgive this episode for not giving me any food to reproduce, you know? No. <laughs> well, it's, it shows how serious it is that people aren't even, aren't even stopping to eat. They're not stopping to sing or eat. So this is Ugh. obviously big stakes. Yeah, how can this be Steven Universe? And in fact, <laughs> even when we met the donut duo, they weren't even in the donut shop. It's true. So we didn't even yeah. see, we, the most food we saw was the logos on their shirts. Oh, I think you're right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody ate anything. There weren't Could even people wrong. with just like, you know, random candy bars or sandwiches at the speech or anything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, as soon as I say I'm sure about that, there's probably somebody in the crowd at Mayor Dewey's eating something. <laughs> I don't remember it, though. I didn't spot any either. No. I wasn't actively looking for it, but yeah. <laughs> so this was another Raven and Paul episode. They did the previous one and they did this one as well. So they got to draw the scary things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did it, and we got some great face animation out of it. <laughs> Yeah. Interestingly, in this one, I heard that Paul also was behind the really striking visuals of when Lapis emerged for the first time and she comes out with this cool lights and stuff. It was mainly him that did that. So he's more than just a funny face guy. <laughs> but he, Rebecca and Ian also helped with that. But he, he was the main person doing that. I read that somewhere. Might have been on the podcast, actually, now that I think about it. When you read and listen to enough random factoids about the show as I do. They sort of get integrated sometimes. I'm like, I don't know where I heard that, but I did hear it. <laughs> I also noticed design-wise, Lapis was, a, Lapis was a lot more singular in color than the other three, even. Yes. Yeah. She's basically blue all over. Amethyst is the closest to being one color, but even she varies a lot. And Pearl, mm-hmm. for all of being the stayed one, is probably has the most color variation, even though it's all pale. Yeah, she does have a lot of colors. And being that I'm, when I have to do fan art, I have to find all the colors. You really start to notice that. Yeah, it is actually a factoid that Lapis is, has the fewest colors of any of the characters. I think she has four colors of blue. <laughs> and they're not wildly different from each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. Although we, we did see her kind of at night, so it looked sort of muted. But In I'm, fact, I was I was noting the good work of the, of the night palette on well, the whole thing this time. So. Yeah. I love how they do that. It, it sometimes makes it difficult to figure out when you're either drawing or you're trying to cosplay or something like that. Like, what color is this really? Especially stuff like, what color is Pearl's hair even? Some people say it's like an orangey pink and some people say, no, it's pink. And it's a peach color. And yeah, I, I guess I kind of thought of it as peach, but probably if I was mm-hmm. looking at it again right now, I'd maybe start to second guess myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even her skin, I mean, even the skin colors seem to vary. Like sometimes she seems very pale green. Sometimes she just seems plain white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other lights, she can sort of take a blue cast to her skin or even sort of a yellowy. Yeah. It just depends, I guess, especially since she's very pale, like you said, she reflects things more easily. Uh, hmm. yeah. So Lapis is blue. She's a Smurf. <laughs> yeah, I think even with the blueness of the night palette, it's safe to say she's pretty blue. Yeah, Lapis's design is apparently one of Rebecca Sugar's oldest drawing designs. She made this unfinished comic when she was younger called Margot in Bed, and the Margot character looked almost identical to Lapis. I've I've seen the sketches. I have some some copies of some of these images of Margot. And it really just the face shape, the hair, the way the clothes look, it's very, very much like it's almost the same character. And she she said that Margot was an amalgam of her teen angst. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just looking at some pictures of the actual real real life rock lap mm-hmm. lapis. It's got and, gold flecks. Yeah, it's just noticing, yeah. It's got some gold flecks in it. I had a bracelet of lapis. Lasley stone when I was in elementary school and I remember it having these little flecks of gold in it it's quite nice yeah uh, she doesn't seem to have any gold in her palette 
No, maybe they just wanted to make a stand out with her blueness. <laughs> Can be. Should I tell you some more factoids while I'm at it? Yep. <laughs> Lapis is voiced by Jennifer Paz. That is the actress's name. Jennifer Paz is a new one on me, I think. They, they do tend to use a lot of people who are known for their vocals, but not necessarily in voice acting. And I believe she, I don't know what all else she does besides this voice acting, but I do know that I've heard her sing Broadway shows, the stage shows and stuff. She's a terrific singer. So, and you always hope when you get a singer that they'll give them a song. <laughs> so she's in the right show for that. And what else? I think this is another thing I heard I believe on the podcast is that the Mayor Dewey thing, speaking of songs, the Mayor Dewey giving a speech and being interrupted by fart sounds. It was originally that he was supposed to sing some kind of song about summer and that Stephen hated it so much he'd be screaming, no, no, I swear they were going to get that. But, you know, him shrieking about how horrible the song is. But uh, they changed it to what they changed it to. They made it into fart sounds. I could picture <laughs> that bits of that speech were left over, had bits left over from a, a song format, just thinking about how he was saying things. <laughs> Hot, wet, summer wind. Well, yeah, and... <laughs> Chance to take all that pressure and just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> I know the fun of writing something like that where you've just got to pound in the... <laughs> The double references things. <laughs> it's so fun. Way back on Friday Night Lip Service, we uh-huh. did a show about periods and I wrote up the blurb and I just filled it with <laughs> so many things about cycling through oh, no. and mooning over and oh, no. <laughs> lining things up and <laughs> telling you all about the whole bleeding thing, period. <laughs> See, no wonder you like the jokes and cat fingers. <laughs> I mean, you groaned at all the right points, but you were laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, when I do that groan, it's like a kind of laugh. <laughs> You're appreciating another master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also some, sometimes those are funny because they're just so rammed in one after another. Mm. Like uh, sometimes none of them would be funny on their own, but because they just go bang, 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 bang in the space of like a minute. You're right. They stop being really annoying after a few and they just, it just starts being hilarious that they're all bad. In Mayor Dewey's speech, you're wondering how many more of these can they actually get into the speech? Yeah. I mean, Stephen injecting those fart sounds, it's almost like he was trying to help. Mayor Dewey, you can't possibly not know what you're saying right now. Well, that's the other thing. His just apparent ignorance and digging himself deeper. Yeah. I don't think I gave you the tagline, did I? No, no. The description says, Stephen befriends a magical mirror that can mysteriously communicate with him through recordings of what it has seen. That's too much. Yeah. I mean, granted, it doesn't give away the big reveal, but... Which is that she's not just a mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's too much. Yeah, I mean, you could even regard without even giving away that it communicates in some way that Stephen is taken with the gem artifact mirror he finds, or even do the one where they just completely bury the lead and Stephen finds out what a school is. Oh, goodness. I would have loved that. I would have loved that. I think I could have just ended it at does Stephen befriends a magical mirror. You know, that would be something. <laughs> and you'd know which one it was. <laughs> Actually, my mom, my mom accidentally saw this show. Like my mom knows I'm really into the show. And for some reason she thought it was an old show or she didn't realize that it was currently playing and that she could just see it on TV sometimes. But they were showing a rerun of this episode. And she's like, I saw your Steven's universe. And I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be like that. And I'm like, well, what did you see? She's like, I don't, I don't know. I said, well, just tell me something you remember. And she's like, well, Stephen had a mirror. And I'm like, oh, it was mirror gem. She goes, you know, just from that. I'm like, Stephen had a mirror. So <laughs> narrow it down, right? She liked how their eyes were drawn, apparently. <laughs> Another time she couldn't remember the name of the show. And she's like, what is it? Is it Bruce Universe? Stephen. Stephen. Not Bruce. <laughs> yeah, Br- I don't know Bruce where Bruce is. His long lost brother or something. It's also my father's middle name, so I don't know why she came up with that. 
<laughs> Brand spanking new mint inbox. Since I don't have any food for you, all I have left is the merch. Of course. Yes. I'm sure you won't be able to guess what it is at all because I can't show you any lapis merchandise. Is <laughs> that not sad? But so in my increasingly desperate attempts to make things seem relevant to the show, <laughs> I'm going to show you referencing that there were fart jokes in this episode and stretching from fart jokes to bathroom humor, I will say that undergarments count as bathroom humor. Okay. And I'm going to show you my Steven Universe boxer shorts. <laughs> so I have a cute pair of official Steven Universe boxer shorts. Oh, they are cute. They have Steven all over them, showing his gem and little stars and a stretchy waistband that says Steven Universe on it. And they are official Hot Topic merch. And I sit around the house in them sometimes. <laughs> Steven Universe boxer shorts. They look like they're comfy enough. They're pretty comfy. They're very tiny. <laughs> I finally managed to find something that fits me. <laughs> Most clothes are too big. If they're adults, clothes. So that's my attempt to connect it to the episode. <laughs> Steven Universe boxer shorts. I don't even know if they sell them anymore, but I managed to get lucky and find them while they did. <laughs> Yay. And that's the merch. So what else should we do about this one? Is there anything else you want to talk about with Lapis or should we jump into the second half of this? <laughs> jump into the second half of this because a, a lot of what we want to talk about is, I wonder what's going on in part two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do that then. Okay. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. And I hope that we'll have the second part up shortly after the first part when it goes up. <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Ivy and Daria on Not-So-Giant Women. You can find episodes of the show in video form by looking up Not-So-Giant Women on YouTube or in audio form at anchor.fm slash giant women or your podcatcher of choice. You can, you can also, also find, find us on Facebook. Facebook. Audio production by Daria. Video production and music by Ivy. Daria can also be heard on Podsploitation, the Osploitation podcast. And Ivy at her Steven Universe fan blog at love-takes-work.tumblr.com. Steven Universe was created by Rebecca Sugar and remains property of Cartoon Network. No infringement is intended.